0: Here it comes. My secret weapon is
1: this. Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent, and thanks once again for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you listening. I'm excited to announce that we've picked up another award. We're a Platinum AVA Digital Award winner in the audio production slash radio category for 2022. This podcast is able to continue because of the support of our sponsors. So please go to the internet says it's slash deals to check them out. Uh, and it's supported by people who are fans of the show. So you can do that for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. And if you're like our Patreon supporter, Rob, You can go there to actually watch the video of the quick quiz before you even hear the episode, so you can put yourself in the shoes of the guests without knowing anything about the topic. It's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Now this week's topic is a crazy one, and it comes to us from a mystery caller.
0: Hey Michael, I was wondering if you would do an episode on the CIA's heart attack gun. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Mystery Caller. This is a story that sounds like a crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. But guess what? Um, This happened. It's absolutely true. A CIA heart attack gun. And I spent the week learning about it. September 16th, 1975. CIA Director William Colby appeared sweaty and nervous, but was up front and spoke matter-of-factly with a special Senate Select Committee. He detailed piece by piece some of the things he had found upon taking the reins as CIA director. Maybe he already knew some of these things. After all, he had spent most of his professional career in the CIA. It was unusual that the agency's director would testify in a public hearing like this. But there were going to be some serious violations revealed. And this was the first time America would hear about it. As Colby presented the committee with a gun for them to examine the entire room came alive with murmuring and surprise. But let's go back in time five years. In 1970, a whistleblower had published some accounts in the Washington Monthly that there was a nationwide domestic intelligence program that had been running for at least a decade. Its focus was monitoring American political dissent to foreign policies. This led North Carolina Senator Sam Irvin to chart a Senate committee to look into those allegations. It was the same Senator Irvin that led the Watergate Commission two years later that ended up revealing the wrongdoing that caused President Nixon to resign the presidency. Part of what came out of the Watergate hearings was the report of Project Shamrock, a government program that had ordered the viewing of telegrams sent between Americans somewhere between the times of World War II and the Cold War. That program, at its height, was reading 150,000 private messages a month. On December 22, 1974, journalist Seymour Hersh wrote a scathing expose that ran on the front page of the New York Times. Its opening sentence, quote, The Central Intelligence Agency, directly violating its charter, conducted a massive illegal domestic intelligence operation during the Nixon administration against the anti-war movement, end quote. For the next month. Hirsch provided more and more inside information about the program in his articles. What would follow has been dubbed the Year of Intelligence. For the first time, a rift started to divide the United States Congress and the country's intelligence community. And this led to a special Senate committee with a lengthy title. The Senate Select Committee to Study Governmental Operations with Respect to Intelligence Activities. It was headed up by Idaho Senator Frank Church, an 18-year member of the Senate and former intelligence officer himself. He had recently been very critical of both U.S. foreign policy and the intelligence community. The Special Select Committee would become known as the Church Committee. It was made up of a bipartisan group of senators, some of whom had run on and become elected to the Senate on the promise to clean up Washington after Watergate. The vice chair was Senator John Tower from Texas. He saw his role on the committee as keeping the hearings to the facts and to keep them from being too much of a media spectacle, but he didn't know what they were about to find out. Previous CIA director, James Schlesinger, had asked CIA operatives to internally report on any new programs that could be considered questionable or unethical. This report became known as the CIA's family jewels. New CIA director William Colby provided the Family Jewels report to the church committee, which read like a list of unconstitutional activities. Colby was concerned about pressure from the public and the government and thought that giving up this information would help repair the rift with Congress and help to restore trust with the American people. He saw it as necessary for the preservation of the future of their office. The results of these hearings read like a list of crazy conspiracy theories proven true. Most of the worst stuff you've ever heard about American intelligence agencies was revealed through the church committee. For example, you may have heard the word COINTELPRO. This was the name for the shameful program that targeted members of the Black Panther Party, Martin Luther King Jr., the American Indian Movement, anti-war protesters, and others. Or maybe you've heard of MKUltra, Project MKUltra was an illegal human experimentation program that used human guinea pigs to test psychedelic drugs, electroshocks, sensory deprivation, isolation, and other forms of serious abuse. Part of MKUltra was Operation Midnight Climax, and that one, I'm going to let you Google on your own. You know what? No, no, I'm not. You took the time to listen to this episode, so here it is. Here's Operation Midnight Climax. The CIA hired prostitutes to lure men to safe houses where they gave them LSD and got down to business while agents secretly watched through one-way glass. These programs were real programs, not conspiracy theories, and they were all exposed during the Church Commission investigations in 1975. But in this episode, we're focusing on one particular moment of discovery when Frank Church asked CIA director Colby if he had brought anything with him today.
0: Have you brought with you um, some of those devices which would have enabled the CIA to use this poison for, we have indeed, for killing people?
1: Colby's assistant pulled a weapon out of a bag on the floor. It was a black pistol with a scope attached to the top. It appeared to look like a 45 caliber handgun, but this particular weapon had been adapted to fire darts, which, when it strikes the target, will instantly give them a heart attack. I'll tell you more about that after a quick break from some sponsors. It's been colder lately, and I have photos on my Instagram of me wearing one of my favorite clothing items for this time of year, my Scotty Vest fleece. It is awesome for traveling around because it has pockets for all of my gadgets, for my phone, my glasses, my wallet, my charging cord, you name it. It's a clothing company I believe in. And I'm confident that they've got an article of clothing that you'll love. The best thing you can do is take a look at all the awesome pocket-packed clothing on their website. Go to scottyvest.com and enter promo code TM15. That's Tango Mike 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The link is in my show notes. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. Let's get back to the story. The so-called heart attack gun was carried over to the table where the Senate committee was seated. Senator Frank Church nervously joked, don't point it at me. At this point, the entire room was buzzing with whispers and the flurry of camera shutters. The table was so wide it had to be slid across to Senator Church.
0: Don't don't it at me. <laughs> does does this does this pistol uh, fire the dart? Yes, it does, Mr. Chairman. The uh that the round thing at the top is obviously the sight. The rest of it is uh, what is practically a uh, a normal 45, although it's it's special. It, however, it, it works by electricity. There's a battery in the handle, and it sh- sh- fires a small dart. So that when it fires, it fires silently? Almost silently, yes. Uh, ve- very little, very what little. What range does it have? I think it's 100 meters. 100 meters, I believe, about about 100 yards, 100 meters. About 100 meters range. Right. And the dart itself, when it strikes the, the, the uh, target, um, does the uh, target know that he's about, that he's been hit and about to die? That depends, Mr. Chairman, on the particular dart used. There are different kinds of these flechettes uh, that were used in, in uh, various weapon systems, and a special one was developed, which potentially would be able to uh, enter the
1: target without perception. The hearing that day was meant to question CIA director Colby on the unauthorized storage of toxic agents. The conversation started to revolve around the use of shellfish toxins and how much the CIA was found to be storing, enough to kill several thousand people. It was part of the discovery of the CIA's storage of biological and bacteriological weapons that hadn't been divulged to Congress. Colby talked about how part of their use was to replace the so-called L pill, a lethal pill used for suicide that was issued to astronauts and intelligence agents in the field. The shellfish toxins worked quicker than the old chemicals that were in the L pill. But when pressed, he acknowledged that these toxins were also meant to be used as offensive weapons. And that's when the conversation turned to rumors of this specialized dart gun. As the senators took turns handling the weapon at the table, Colby continued to answer questions about its use. It was a weapon that had been designed by CIA agent Mary Embry. It had the ability to fire a multitude of darts, some containing the toxins that would give the target a heart attack. In some cases, the target wouldn't even know they'd been hit. And due to the nature of the toxins and the fact that the dart would dissolve after entering the body, the coroner's report wouldn't even be able to tell that any foreign substance had been administered. Mary Embry was never able to confirm if the gun was used to assassinate anyone, but did confirm that it had been tested on both animals and human prisoners. The church committee had a lot of support from the American people who were shocked to hear what their intelligence agencies had been up to, including reports of plans and attempts to assassinate foreign leaders and overthrow governments. President Gerald Ford banned the CIA or any other government agency from carrying out assassinations. There were some more results from the church committee hearings. It led to the establishment of the now permanent Senate Intelligence Committee, which provides government oversight to the intelligence agencies. It led to the drawing up of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, which outlines appropriate intelligence gathering procedures. And it led to the revisiting of the charters and missions of the CIA and FBI. As for the actual gun, Nobody knows where it is these days. Some think that the CIA still has it in their archives. Others think it was destroyed after the hearings. But as for this crazy conspiracy-sounding story, the internet definitely says it's true. now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend and today I'm gonna call Judson Lapley. Judson is a dear friend of mine you may know him as the Evolution of Dance Guy. He was really the first real YouTube celebrity. He's a speaker and author whose viral dance medley has been parodied on The Office and by Michelle Obama. Judson it's good to see you again. Good to see you sir. I had you on Joke Story Trick last year. Uh, oh, that was two years ago it was that was in 2020 i believe was it i don't know it was a while ago and uh it's always good to see you of course the world knows you as the evolution of dance guy uh tell us about where that has taken you and sort of how that relates to your life in 2022
2: i'm the irony of it all is i never thought i would be doing the dance or the dance would become like that identifier uh even though i Mention that to people. And, and the reason I bring it up is I was watching a clip the other day. I got to be on the Tosh.0 show. I was one of the first non, what do they call them? They were like, they would bring people on and basically make fun of them for yes. whatever they went viral for. Yes, They called it a re something or other. What was that called?
1: Yeah yeah but anyways um, I, internet I redemption got to be, or something like that redemption or, yeah. it was web redemption, redemption so i yeah. got
2: to go on like season three at the beginning and i he and i had a lot of fun and i had met him before and yada yada and i'm in this interview and i'm maybe 34 at the time or 30 and i'm like if i'm still doing the dance when i'm 40 i don't know and he just looks at me and goes oh You will be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember when I started performing in colleges saying, I'm not doing this for more than 10 years and I'm on year 18. So it's been it's it's but it's done. You know, it's you you can't uh, you can't crap on that thing. That's really given you so much, so so many opportunities. It's taken you all over the world. I mean, you've really gotten to see a lot of places because of what was just a part of your presentation.
2: Yeah, and that's the funny thing is that you you go, it's like, I think anytime something like that happens to someone, there's levels of, do I deserve it? Did I ha- really have to work out hard for it? You know, I had been doing the dance for five years when I put it up on YouTube, then it goes viral. And so I felt confident that my body of work without the dance was good enough, but I'll never know for the rest of my life. I really will never know. And, Would and- I have been as successful without the dance? And then eventually I get to a point and I'm like, wait a minute, that's the one thing that separates me. So why do you not embrace that
1: that's and then just run with it? You have to, I mean, your, yeah. your evolution of dance has been performed by Michelle Obama. It's been parodied, parodied on the office. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is ubiquitous and it was really the first big YouTube viral video. Um, And, and it's, it's it's a really cool bragging point if I if I can say so. Now uh, let's get into our topic, which has nothing to do with dancing, other than you may be dancing around the questions a little bit. Uh, the, I never let the, the guests know what the topic is. It's always fun for me to see if someone else knows what we just learned. So for this first question, we're playing for a joke. So if you get it right, I have to tell you a joke. And if you get Ooh, it excellent. wrong, if you if you get the question wrong, you'll tell me one. Okay. So perfect. here's your question. Question number one. Which one of these is an actual secret weapon that the CIA created? Is it A, a grain of rice that when ingested gives the target instant vertigo? B, a brown note attack, which is a cannon that fires a note so low it causes anyone to hear it to lose control of their bowels instantly? Or C, a heart attack gun that can inject someone with a chemical to give them a heart attack without them ever knowing they've been contacted? Which one of those do you think it is?
2: Mm, So, A, the vertigo, I don't think that's possible because I don't think that, from, from what I understand, vertigo actually is. I don't think there's a chemical imbalance that happens within anyone in order to have that. B... I do know that there are some weapons out there that have to do with both high-end and low-end frequencies. In fact, that I think that they're still trying to figure out there's a specific weapon that they're worried about that I want to think that Russia has that is giving people headaches and different things that like long range. And I once read a book by an author where the main weapon was they were with a high-frequency gun. They were They were killing people from a distance. Ooh,
1: that sounds like a Tom Clancy book to me.
2: It was um, oh shoot! I, the author is it's two people that write together. Oh, somebody Lincoln and somebody else. It's called Pentergast. Is like this FBI agent that's a character over and over. Okay, so it might be B, and then C was the heart
1: attack gun.
2: The heart attack, and I feel like they would that would never come to light because that is a murder weapon versus a very discomfort. So I think it actually might be B, the the low frequency that would cause somebody to immediately release their bowels.
1: Well, the answer is actually C, the heart attack gun. Can you believe it? Uh, Yeah. And the only reason it came to light was after Watergate, a whole bunch of stuff had come up, mostly having to do with illegal surveillance. And in that, the CIA said, "Okay, we've got a bunch of skeletons in our closet. Nobody trusts us. The only way they're going to trust us is we're just gonna round up all of the bad stuff we've been doing and admit it, and so there was this whole committee, a Senate hearing that uh, in in which this, along with some other nasty stuff the CIA had been doing, Co Intel Pro, MK Ultra, all this stuff, uh, and the heart attack gun they actually brought to the hearing is an amazing video that I'll send you that you can watch, where the the director of the CIA has the gun with him, hands it to the Senate committee. To look at and anyone watching go find this video. I will also post the video on my website on this post uh, where you can actually see the whole hearing. It's like 40 minutes long. It's worth watching. It's amazing. Um, So yeah, it's an actual thing. The dart would dissolve inside the person. So not only would they not know they got hit, but the coroner would not know what killed them.
2: So that would just go down as a natural heart. Heart attack. what did, what was it that was in the dark? was it just shellfish the shellfish
1: toxins so some sort of toxins from shellfish they had figured out were an instant type of reaction Man. in the body can you believe that yeah it's super scary this was 1975 at that point they claimed these weapons were no longer around no longer being made but this is something that uh came out of sort of after the war after world war 2 and around the cold war time when you know there was a lot of stuff and and also they were They were tasked with looking at what other countries were doing and sort of trying to match that. And, yeah, a bunch of stuff that Congress didn't even know about came out. So, yeah, craziness. So do you have a joke? Uh, Sure. So two ducks are sitting in a bathtub. One duck turns to the other
2: and says, quack. And the other one looks at him and just goes, dang it, I was going to say that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's so stupid i know
2: i love the stupid <laughs> that's one a
1: good, that's a good joke okay uh and my joke for this week for that in case you got it right was really good so we're gonna save it for next week and maybe next week's guest will get the first <laughs> one uh right and i'll get to tell it then oh so it's only
2: the first one. Oh, that's, that's, this, no the, fair. that's the
1: only joke uh yeah the second one has a different so the, the second question oh, okay. we're playing for a story about something embarrassing that's happened to us while performing so if you get it right, right. i'll tell you a story uh if you get it wrong you'll have to tell me if something that's it's embarrassing this happened. This one, okay. uh, I'm I'm really curious if you'll know this, because I don't think there are many people that do. Which one of these people is the current director of the CIA? Is it A, William Burns, B, Christopher Ray, or C, Janet Yellen?
2: I feel like this almost might be a trick question, because the director of the CIA is normally an appointee. Now I have a little bit of insider knowledge and in, in some of the workings because my wife, uh, who just so you know, this is probably being recorded. Don't blow works, your
1: wife's CIA agent cover on this show. She is not. She is not that three letter word. OK,
2: <laughs> so she is a different three letter word that's okay. in the, kind of the same family. Oh, interesting. Uh, I would. The first two names I don't even recognize. So Janet Yellen is the only one that I do. And I feel like that one is so far left that you almost had to put that in there because she is. So I'm gonna go with C, that Janet is currently serving as the director of the CIA.
1: Well, Judson, Janet Yellen is the Treasury Secretary uh, the, 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 I wouldn't, have <laughs> I knew that she either. was that,
2: but I thought maybe there was nobody that was serving as the director of the CIA the, right now.
1: The, the Chris Ray is the FBI director. Janet Yellen Got is it. the treasury secretary and William Burns has been the CIA director since March of 2021. So yeah, that Dang was it. one where. Uh, Christopher Ray, I recognize that name because there was some dusts up, dust ups with the the previous administration. Janet Yellen, you hear on the news all the time these days because she's the Treasury Secretary. But William Burns, you never hear that name. So and he is, no. the, which I guess if you're going to be a CIA director, is the way you want it. So um, I hey, won't ask. I if, was
2: trying to do reverse psychology. I thought maybe I, you were tricking me because I knew Janet Yellen was in charge of the Treasury, but I thought maybe that it was one of those weird things when there's not an appointee
1: yeah and that moment. happened, yeah that's been happening a lot. I don't know how that's how much that's happening with this administration, but for Correct. the previous administration, that happened quite a bit, or there was acting so yeah, and so and there were uh, yeah a lot of that there were a happened. few
2: empty posts
1: <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know it, these I've noticed that the last few weeks of this show, I've been making the questions really hard, and that one was one of the harder ones we've had in a while. um, I promise that uh well, okay, so this next question is going to be hard also, but question four is pretty easy. So I say that, (laughs) but before we get into anything, do you have an embarrassing story, something that's happened to you while performing? I did. I did fall off of a stage once. Oh, no. During the dance or just in general? It
2: was not during the dance. It was um, if you ever, any of you attended a middle school or even an older high school where you would have like the cafeteria and at the end there was a stage where there was like a maybe about a foot and a half high. And then that would be, and I was at one of those, it was probably in my first four or five years at that. And I just happened to, and I walk or I pace around a lot and was, because you're so far away, I stayed at the front and I was leaning to the front, but I was walking to like sideways and my right foot just went down and I just went straight down. But luckily I was young. This is how (laughs) I know it was a long time ago. And I just popped right back up on stage and just kept going like it never even
1: happened. That's awesome. Yeah. And could you do that today? Oh god. No. If I, I did know, that man.
2: today I might stay
0: down. Yeah,
1: but you're in good shape. You you work out. I know I know that you stay in shape better than I do. And so you you possibly could. Uh do you remember the, there was a conference that I, I we were probably both at in Hartford, Connecticut where where there was a a showcase going on and someone did the Soldier Boy right off the edge of the stage?
2: I was not there, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I watched the video many, many times because it was also.
1: Is that video out there? Is that on YouTube or something?
2: Yeah, because it was it was karaoke with Mr. Belding. (gasps) Oh, So Dennis, Dennis Haskins, who played Mr. Belding, who for a, a four or five year window was at a lot of the NACAs and was doing a lot of events. They had come up with a karaoke right. with Mr. Belding and so he brought all these people up and this poor girl they did the
1: soldier boy and just goes
2: right and it goes left it just goes right just disappears. off
1: the stage it was in a big empty conference hall like there was just black like just darkness on either side of the stage and she just disappeared it was bad yeah so they actually, I think it's under I was there uh and I wasn't in the room That's but I was nuts. out in the hallway during it and I remember the entire room emptied and uh because they the she was hurt they evacuated the whole room to make sure she was okay.
2: Yeah, um, I mean luckily she ended up in the long run being okay, but yes. I mean it was she went to the hospital and so I'm pretty sure it's under
1: Oh no. Mr. Bell, Mr. Like Belding
2: calls <laughs> off stage with Mr. Belding.
1: Oh jeez. I haven't heard from him in a while. I did send him a message the other day because we did an episode of this podcast about karaoke and I thought he might be interested in it. Uh, and I sent it to him and I just, I haven't heard back. So I don't know what he's been up to these days. <laughs> well, uh, he's
2: got a, He's busy doing the reboot, isn't he? He's I doing don't the... know.
1: I assume so. I didn't see the reboot. So I, th- I don't know. I think he was
2: in it. Um, yeah. I think he makes some appearances, but I, d- I didn't watch it either.
1: Well, uh, you're over two, Judd. You're here. You're, <sighs> yeah. you're killing it here. Question three. Uh, now this one, the stakes are very high because we are playing for a coveted. The internet says it's true sticker. Uh, that you can stick on things. Uh, they feature the podcast's website uh, and my name, which is a, a selling point. For this question, uh, here's, here it is. Which one of these gadgets was an actual piece of equipment used by the CIA? So the, I'll list three of them. One of them is real. The, other, gun. the other two I made up. The gun the is true. They did the, <laughs> that one we're not talking about a yet. Piece of rice. This one. Here are your three options. A, fake dog poop that secretly scrambles cell phone signals. B, a fake dragonfly that was remote controlled and contained a microphone to pick up conversations. Or C, cufflinks that when you rubbed them together acted like a stink bomb.
2: So, A, I feel like that design wouldn't have ever been made by the CIA because if, by the time you could disrupt cell phone signals, it like they would have just been like, that's silly. We They have more sophisticated things that can disrupt cell phone signals rather than fake dog poop. Although depending on what city they wanted to disperse it in, fake dog poop might work best because there's fake dog poop or there's real dog poop all over the big cities because nobody picks up after their dog in the big cities. Um, the dragonfly with the radio sounds like something you would see in a, in a show, which usually is based off truth because the cufflinks that would would be like a smoke bomb. I feel like you would have to break something and there wouldn't be enough inside that. So I'm gonna go with B, a dragonfly that actually was a audio listening device.
1: You are correct. You'll get a sticker, a yeah. fake dragonfly that was remote controlled. Yeah, it would uh, it would be able to fly for a certain amount of time, you know, tiny battery and that thing, but it had a little microphone that could pick up camera. Sounds like something out of Black Mirror. I think Black Mirror had a thing with bees that could fly in people's ears or whatever.
2: Well, I was just going to tell you. There's a there's a I I read a lot, and there's a couple of authors I like to read who kind of play in this pseudo real science slash science fiction. So a lot of their stuff is based in real science and stuff that's being worked on. And one of them has this thing called kamikaze drones, Mm. which I ended up having to go look up after the fact. But it's drones that they're they're literally designed to be like bullets.
1: Whoa!
2: They're remote controlled and they can achieve enough speed that when they hit somebody in the head and that it's like being shot with a bullet.
1: Was this purely fiction or is it, did you look it up and is it based on something? No, Look it up and
2: there there's like Geneva convention stuff on it now. Like everyone agrees not to make, (laughs) don't do this like not to do like, yeah, like they got, you know, kind of that whole, we won't, if you won't type thing. Yeah.
1: Which means Russia is,
2: which means we all have them. Yeah. Everyone has
1: them. Right. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, you're on for three. Here's question four. And for this question, we're playing for doing the dishes. So if you get it wrong, you have to go do the dishes when we're done. If you get it right, I have to go do the dishes when we're done. Not your dishes, my dishes. According to Donald Rickard, who was an American diplomat and CIA spy in 1962, the American CIA tipped off the South African Intelligence Service to the location of this individual, leading to his 27 year imprisonment. Was it A, Desmond Tutu, B, Nelson Mandela, or C, Mahatma Gandhi?
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure the only one I know that was actually in prison for that long would have been B, um, Nelson Mandela.
1: You are correct. Nelson Mandela... Okay. <laughs> Now, I did look it up, and uh, Gandhi was imprisoned in South Africa for a a short time. I don't know exactly how long. It definitely wasn't 27 years. But, yeah, there was an interview with this guy, uh, Donald Rickard, who it was right before his death. He did an interview with an English film director, John Irvin, for a film which was called Mandela's Gun. And Rickard claimed to have been the person who tipped off the South African security services about the location of Nelson Mandela when he was a CIA operative. That's so, crazy. Imagine living with that too for that long. It'd be pretty tough. It'd be pretty. Yeah. T- it's one of those things where history sort of, uh, you know, decides on on whether or not that was a good thing and it, it was not. History has its eyes on you. History has its
0: eyes. I would have on sang it, but I
1: can't you. sing. So <laughs> just dancing for you. Yep, just dancing. <laughs> well, you're 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 batting five hundred right now. You're two for four, and uh, this one. Is the, the tiebreaker? This one is for all the marbles. If you get this wrong, Judd, I'm never asking you on the show again. I'm banning you. You'll, you 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 will be banished. Here's your question: What is your best on stage memory?
2: Oh, excellent. So I think for me personally, my best one was I was invited to talk um, to an executive board at NBC back in 2000 and right around 2009-ish. Um, and the event was taking place at 30 Rock and the stage was the Saturday Night Live stage. So it was unfortunate because it was before I had a cell phone with a camera on it, like right before I got an iPhone and stuff. And I was just standing on the Saturday Night Live stage looking at, I mean, there was only like 20 people in the audience who were NBC executives. But I just remember being like, this is probably as good as it's ever going to get stage wise for me personally, <laughs> like of all the stages I could have ever picked to be on. It was that stage.
1: That's amazing. And that's a correct answer. So you uh, you broke your, your you have a winning record now on the show. You went three for five, which means I'm happy to have you back any other time, man. Uh, you know, we, we actually I hope to get to see you soon because we're in we're both in Ohio. Oh. Uh, different hope, parts of ohio but we're both in ohio we're the just about the same age we need to hang out and have a drink sometime uh if you want to learn more about judson if you google his name first of all you're going to find the wikipedia article which will tell you all about him <laughs> but go to uh <laughs> your website Jud judson-lipley.com, uh okay. and if you just google evolution of dance guy you'll find him that way too you can bring him to speak at your school or at your organization it's the type of thing that he does. He does all sorts of presentations, not only just doing the evolution of dance, but before <laughs> and after that, he actually does have a real talk that he does. So man, is there anything else you want to share with people? What, uh, where else can they find you?
2: Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, everything is through that. I am, uh, again, I'm just at that age where the idea of being on social media 24 seven has never been appealing to me. And so, uh, you know, my rise was before you had to do all that in order to continue it. So yeah. it's both good and bad. I mean, part of it was, as I got used to not doing that. Right. You know, All I think now if only I would have just made a video a week ever since like every time that came out, you know, vlogging wasn't even a thing in 2006.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sometimes so- you don't know when you're a revolutionary.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was so, I knew all along. I was totally ahead of it. One of our our mutual friends told me once, hey, this thing might get to 100 million. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, (laughs) that's never going to get that high.
1: That's amazing. Well, it's good to see you, man. And uh, have a fantastic week.
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it, Mike. It's always a pleasure.
1: Well, that is all for this week. Next week will be a completely different topic. Thanks to our caller for this week's topic and to Judson Lapley for being my guest. Here's a kid who is secretly working for the CIA.
2: Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. Don't forget to join up on Patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes. You can do that at patreon.com slash Kent. Also, if you learn something that you didn't already know from the show, please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You gotta do it. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works. To get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new. If the internet says it's true.
1: The internet says it's true. We'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, and the show's official limper kick track. The show was written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by finite music forge and additional music. This week was from Kevin McLeod. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under fair use title 17 USC section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for the internet says it's true. Wherever you get your podcasts and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent.